Welcome to the AI Assisted Organization podcast from Implement AI, hosted by myself, Piers Linney, and my co-host and co-founder of Implement AI, Dr. Alok Shukla. Hi, Alok. Hey, Piers. How are you? So you're about to go on a plane, I understand, to um, over here, actually. Exactly. Uh, so we've both got some events this week um, with various I mean, ones with, um, is it Founders X? What's it called? Founders Club, exactly. It's a members club in, in London. Yeah, Founders Club. And I've got a, a breakfast at the Dorchester talking about AI. Oh, nice. So hopefully it'll be a busy week and not as hot as it was last week. So we are, we've kind of done 50 episodes now and we thought we'd um, mix it up. So if you're a regular listener, we're going to change the format slightly. So we're going to talk about today about how to implement AI in a smaller, medium-sized business. So the idea is we're going to theme each episode. This is going to be a two-part episode, otherwise two-part series, otherwise we'll be here for two hours. So we're going to talk about, you know, what are the opportunities of implementing AI in a small business? This is in part one today. And in part two, we're then going to talk about how you actually go about implementing and especially how you start using AI agents. And we're all about to publish our white paper on that too. So some of this show is we're going to talk about some business news and AI news related to that. Claw Pro, which is a, a big launch, we think we use it quite a lot. We're going to start touching upon how to implement AI into SME in terms of, you know, how you start thinking about it. What are the opportunities? We'll give us implement AI updates and then a little bit of an intro into AI agents prior to part two next week. And of course, we've always got AI of the week. So a lot of news. I mean, there's always a lot of news in AI, but as we always say, we try and focus on business-related AI news. You know, not some you know how to create a you know some rap track using AI. The biggest news, though, we think because we use this a lot, and you're probably very familiar with ChatGPT from OpenAI, which is probably the most powerful large language model out there. Well, the one that's been used and has been sort of heavily tested. Well, the one that we use quite a lot is Anthropic's Claude Pro and Claude Pro 2, to be precise. And the beauty of this one is, you know, it hasn't got plugins in it. It's not connected to the internet, but it has a very, very large context window. And if you're trying to use a large language model or one of these chatbots, it's really important you provide context. And the more context you provide, then the, the better your output's going to be. So if you think about prompting, you know, if you're providing very little context, you know, write me a book about cats, it's going to struggle to write something which is um, relevant. If you imagine that your prompt is, you know, I don't know, 15 chapters of a book and you're asking it right at the end, what is the last word going to be in this book? There's a high probability it's going to get it right. So think about context. What Anthropic Claude Pro allows you to do is upload documents and, and, and up to 100,000 tokens, which are more or less kind of words. Now they've launched Claude Pro. And one of my frustrations in Claude was, is that I use it quite a lot, is that I'd run out of time, run out of tokens. And after it'd say, come back in four hours. And I often sit there on my hands for four hours waiting for this thing to uh, kind of refresh. So Claude Pro, and you use it a lot, don't you as well, in terms of the writing documents and especially longer documents. ChatGPT tends to run out of steam with about 500 words, but Claude Pro can easily produce a document of, of several thousand words. So Claude Pro, it's yeah. like ChatGPT Plus. It's $20 a month. You get five times the usage on the free tier and the ability to send many, many more messages. You'll message me. You get priority access to Claude during high traffic periods. 100%. This could be quite important when different continents come online during the day. And you get early access to new features that going to come out of Claude. So to me, this is really quite helpful. What do you think? No, I think it's brilliant. And I, I had the same issue you've had, like where I've where it, where it says it Claude to, um, you know, you've ex exhausted your use capability now. You have to wait four or five hours, and that's quite frustrating because often when you've been working with a large document for a while, you're getting quite deep into it, and you've got that all, all that context not just in the LLM, it's also in your brain. 
So you're also like completely fresh in that in that zone. And then when you have to come back after a while, that, that's that's the problem. I, I love Relect Law too. I find it excellent for summarizing. I find it really, really good for getting the elements from different documents because you can upload multiple documents. And honestly, like um for for like analysis, I would say it's my go-to for text analysis and creation in that way. And GPT obviously and code interpreters fantastic for many things. But I think this is just an illustration that you're gonna need multiple AIs. And work as a team of AI, we're going to be coming into that. There's no one solution for everything. We've heard some people say, oh, when I when this comes out from this company, I'll wait for that. But it's not like that. It's literally everywhere. And you, and you need to like figure out how you want to leverage it the best. Yeah. And it's like, um, you mentioned a race, uh, the horse race, and the one of the front keeps changing. It's a bit like that. So you don't need to keep sort of flip-flopping around based on who's got the best large language model. You know, this month. But if you haven't used Claude, uh, especially Claude Pro now it's available, then we suggest you, you go and have a go at it, especially for um, document and content generation, especially long form. So, you know, you've got Google Bar, ChatGPT, go and have a play with Claude Pro. Even if you use a free tier initially, just to get an idea of its power and how you can use it. And then maybe consider going up to Claude Pro for that $20 a month. It's definitely worth having a play with it. Now, some other um, AI news. Now, I think we said last week that, you know, Apple... You know, they've been quite quiet about AI. They've avoided using the term in their announcements, but it, they're now warming up to something. So Apple apparently is spending millions of dollars, not that it matters to Apple, because it's got, got literally billions in the bank, but millions of dollars a day on developing AI application solutions and training various models. And given the distribution of the, you know, the ubiquitous devices, then this soon is going to be in everybody's hands. So it's going to be really, really powerful. And this is going to be large language model powered applications and capabilities on their phones and other devices. It's going to be everywhere. So you've got Amazon, they're embedding it into artificial intelligence. You've got Google Duet has been um, launched. Microsoft Copilot is on the way. And you're seeing that every SaaS company now is embedding artificial intelligence into their applications. So it's kind of there, even if it's sort of deeply embedded. So the question is going to be, which we're going to come on to in the rest of this pod is how do you differentiate? Because it's going to come a point very soon where everyone's got the same things. You're using Google Duet, you're using Microsoft Copilot. Once everyone's got the same tools, how do you differentiate? And the ways of doing that, one is learning how to use them properly and one is adding value above and beyond those tools as well. Totally. It's a bit like Google Maps and Apple Maps, right? Like they do the same thing, but like different people have different preferences for different ones. But Apple's going to have their major announcements this week for their new laptops and iPhones and everything like this. So I'm interested to hear if they mention anything. They probably may not, but it can't be very long before they start embedding these into new OS updates and having different systems and different things like that built into it. And I think Apple has huge power. Who knows? Who knows? They might even create their own version, which developers have to use if they're apps and app stores and stuff like that. They could completely disrupt things if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Yeah, it's like, well, when does this technology appear? You know, Siri and Alexa, that's, that's what I'm waiting to see. And that is that day is coming yeah. very, very soon. Exactly. Another piece of interesting news, it's not really news this, it's something that I've been reading. So people often ask me, oh, you know, enjoy the pod and I need to learn more. So you can get into the detail, into the weeds, or you can sort of start, my advice is start quite high and work yourself, work your way down. And Mustafa Suleiman, he's a co-founder of um, Google DeepMind and Inflection AI. So Inflection AI has a, I think it's, it's called Pi, which is an AI I often chat to just, to just to see how it works. He's written a book called The Coming Wave. This is really about AI 
how AI will shape the world. And the key takeaways are that AI is going to have an incredibly broad reach. It's going to be it's going to democratize access to lots of technology and the, and the power of technology and you know accessing business strategies and creating new applications that almost anybody can access. And that's going to create a power shift. So usually in the powers those with capital, the assets, the history. Whereas, you know, a lot of this technology you can now um, access through open source and it is extremely powerful. So you're seeing now this open source technology that's democratized is going to change the world. And the people with the historically have enjoyed, you know, power and the, the, the capital to embed technology, they're going to be disrupted. And the point here from a business point of view is that I would also advise you to read Sam Altman's blog, Moore's Law for Everything. So Moore's Law, if you're not familiar, um, he was one of the founders of the sort of the Silicon Chip era, really, and uh, Intel. And he said that, you know, transistors, these are the things on, on chips, essentially, they're going to double in terms of the number of them on a chip every two years. So that the price starts to plummet as, as this technology develops. And you're going to see this in everything. And the point here is, is that if you're running a small and medium sized business, then the world is going to change massively in the next, you know, two years, three years, definitely five, absolutely 10 years. And very, very quickly, you're going to have to be able to compete in a world where as this technology is deployed, the cost of these things, going back to some Altman's Moore's Law, the cost of delivering um, services or lots of different things begins to plummet. And with that, that means in a competitive world, prices begin to fall as well. So if your competition can reduce their prices because they've now got this expanded margin and they can soak it up and you can't, you're going to go out of business. No, totally. And and there's, there's so many interesting things happening at the edges. I was reading an article where like one VC fund is funding a guy who's basically taken Facebook's model, Meta's model, Llama, and he's been tuning it to basically be a completely uncensored LLM, uncensored GPD. So like, you know, so GPD, if you ask it legal things and things like that, it won't answer those things. He's creating like a kind of like completely uncensored one. So you can imagine like the, the information asymmetry that's going to be possible for many people and companies that are adopting this and the speed asymmetry, because really by adopting AI, you get, you know, insane speed, you know, differentiated experiences and immediate wins. It just becomes a momentum. And, and these different, these different wins, they're not like linear, they stack on each other logarithmically. So, you know, they, they multiply each other. It's, it's, it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to reading that book as well. I don't read books, I have, I have Audible. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you're right, this is going to compound. So the point here is, is that if you're running a business, you've really, really got to start thinking about this right now. If you're going to start at 30,000 feet in macro and understand the landscape, at least understand that because you'll very, very quickly begin to understand why you need to think about embracing and deploying uh, AI within your business. Let's get on to our sort of theme today, really, which is about how do you how do you implement AI in a small and medium-sized enterprise, and where do you start? So, if you look at our white paper, the AI assisted organization, the blueprint for SMEs, we use this sort of the AIometer, I call it. So, you go from kind of level zero to level five with autonomous cars. Level zero is they're literally using no AI. Um, you might find that there's some machine learning, some of the SaaS applications you're using, quite often even your accounting software, you're not really aware of it. All the way through to level five, where AI is making management decisions, you know, there's no one sitting around your board table, essentially, apart from technology. So go and read our white paper to give you, give you the background to that. And essentially, you're going to see AI, everyone's going to be kind of a level zero to level one quite soon, because almost every SaaS application is embedding AI into it, be it your accounting software, be it your customer support software, your sales pipeline software, CRM, they're all racing to try and create some value by embedding AI. Also, it's kind of to protect their position as well. So our 
advice is understand this, embrace AI before your competition does. And as Alan was saying, adoption is going to be rapid, but in like any technology, it's not going to be uniform. And quite often, historically, you could take your time. You could sit back, see who the winners were, see what worked, and have a think about it, and then come back to it later. It's different in artificial intelligence. Yes, you know, you've got a year or two to, you know, to really to look at it kind of. But essentially, as Alan was saying, as it begins to take off, it begins to compound very, very quickly, and it becomes very, very difficult to catch up. It goes back to our, our favorite uh, examples of the train leaving the station, or in my view, the boat leaving the harbor, and it comes a point where you, you can't catch up to it. So what we're going to do is go through, maybe we'll take one each out, Alok, as we go through it, of the various opportunities of where you can implement AI to make a difference in your business today. Yeah. Okay, great. Right. I'll... Yeah, you go with the first one. So let's talk about personalization. The whole point here within a small and medium-sized business, like the more responsive and the more tailored you can be towards your customers, the more likely you are to convert. Like we all know within marketing, if you've got like your email list, you want to segment that email list because you can send different messages to different people, like whether they attended your event, whether they opened your email, or whether they've not clicked at all for like 90 days. So the same thing with personalization means that you can then customize for individual preferences because we all want to be responded to in the most personal way possible. Think about Amazon, for example. The homepage of Amazon is tailored to what you've bought in the past and what you're likely to buy in the future. And big companies before were the only ones that could do things like this. But recommendation algorithms or personalization of messages and things like this can totally happen now. So as an example, if you're a bike company and you saw that someone had abandoned purchasing uh, you know, a bicycle or something like this, you could have a video which is automatically created based on what the abandoned car item was to that person with their name, if they'd logged in or partially completed the details, say, you know, hi, Piers, I saw that you were trying to check out on this um, mountain bike. You know, is there something I can help you with? Because um, I know that sometimes the configuration can be a little bit like this, a little bit like that. And, and you could be much more responsive and that could be as a WhatsApp message or whatever. So I think the key thing here is like personalization requires capture of data and communication. So if you've got more information about that person, like their email or their phone number, there are so many AIs out there now which can then search up social profiles and then bring back details about that person, which means that you can then customize with, you know, voice, with like an audio note, video, where it's like a person presenting and the, the the voice is edited out, or even recommendations of other products which they could be interested in. So personalization by itself, you know, people say, oh, you need more customers, but sometimes you just need more of your customer. So if you get more spend per customer, that can make a big difference. And this personalization can apply not just to customers, to employee onboarding, to training, to so many decisions. The key thing here is like capture the data and think about it intentionally and then start to leverage it to start tweaking your experiences. Yeah, and then you get into hyper-personalization as well. So when people read things, it sounds if it's just been written specifically for them, they can't see a difference between, you know, it doesn't look like in any way, shape or form that it's some kind of generic email or communication. Now, the next one is um, opportunity, really. And this is an obvious one, really. It's about efficient operations optimizing about increasing productivity, increasing efficiency. So what AI allows you to do, I will talk about this in part two, really, of these two pods, is automate tasks. I always say automate the mundane. And we'll talk about the impact of that has on employees as well, which is a positive one. And this is to enhance speed and reduce costs in your supply chain and how you deliver products and services and just to speed up business processes. And in many ways, people tend to focus on this. There are growth opportunities, but there is absolutely no doubt that artificial intelligence, and again, we'll talk about AI agents down the line, is going to change your cost base. And going back to, you know, Sam Altman's Moore's Law for Everything, this is where, you know, cost of, of content and various other inputs into a business are rapidly going to attending towards zero. Um, so as that happens, you need to make sure that you can do that as well. 
Otherwise, your margin is going to be out to kilter with the rest of the market. Yeah. The third one is data insights. So data insights is key because once you've used, got the ability to use AI to focus it and tune it at data set, it's like putting predator night vision goggles on. You can suddenly see everything in like spectral color that you could not see before. So I think one of the interesting things is, is like I'll give an example. You can put in large call sets, like large um, data sets from like numerous phone calls, numerous meetings, numerous um, you know employee CVs and different things like this. And you can then start to analyze, you know, show me the ones which were successful. These are the ones were successful. What patterns have you, you identified? You can start to identify lots of different interesting patterns. As a side subject, like I'm becoming quite serious in my chess, for example, and I use some chess engines where they actually tell you that this opening has a 60% win rate or this or that, because the data is always capturing based on the scenarios of what you want to do. And it's analyzing millions and millions of games. So in the same way, if you're is, is that how you win in these, is that how you win in these chess? No, 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 no. But, but I, 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 I'm, I'm taking it back to more seriously, but like, but now, now in the same way, you could apply that to, let's say all your closed sales. So imagine you like loading the customers all data and the transcripts of the, the customers that closed. And you say, okay, show me that what patterns are here and then show me the, when all my leads, which ones are more likely to go there. So some of these things require a little bit of setup before it required an expensive data scientist or different things like this. Now you can have the ability to like set up your almost like data insights engine and you can start to get really actionable insights because they'll be like, reach out to this person, do you like this, change your recommendation to that. I mean, our, our podcast is a bit of an example as well, right? We, we've been analyzing data on like what, what in, insights and on what people are searching for and we're tuning to that. So data insights is absolutely key. And also you don't have to be afraid of not understanding the questions that you should be asking. With AI, it will just go and look at the data and, and respond to you and provide useful insights that could be helpful based on what your objectives are. So it is very, very, very powerful. Um, next one really is inner innovation through generative AI. So one of the AI that we've become familiar with is generative AI. And what it's very, very good at is believe it or not, is generating AI. So GPT is generative pre-trained transformer. And what it's very good at is, is understanding and generating content. So you've seen everything from text, which you're quite familiar with, to videos, to photographs, uh, animations now, and even 3D um, images now as well. So that's extremely powerful. And that's one of the, the, the sort of fundamental base use cases, I would say. It's a creation of text, audio, video, and 3D assets. What it allows you to do is, is not just create, you know, loads of documents, and we'll talk about prompting and the power of that, why you need to understand that. What it allows you to do, though, is to test, is to talk about, you know, MVPs or documents or trial things with customers or hyper-personalization. Your ability now to generate content has been, it's been superpowered. It's been scaled up. Now, it's important to understand how to do it, how to provide context, how to prompt. Otherwise, your content's going to be very generic and we sell it or look like or read like everyone else's. So the power of your team, especially in marketing, content marketing, uh, we use it a lot. And what you still can't do is just expect your AI to churn out some long form documents and then send it out into the into the world. You still need to provide that human oversight, human input, human review. And especially if you're an expert in the field, because you're still probably going to know more about it than a, a large language model. But what it will do though, is get you 70, 80, some cases 90, percent of the way there especially if it's trained on your tone of voice and your house style so that is a 30 to 50 percent cost saving in marketing and content generation out of the box i'll give an example i was working with a glasses manufacturer and before they would have to like 
almost work one year to 18 months, more than 18 months ahead, where they would try and predict different trends of where things would go. And before they could even show the brains to a massive buyer, let's say someone from Vision Express or, you know, like uh, Specsavers, they have to then, first of all, design a prototype, have it manufactured in wood or different materials in, in the factory in Asia and come back. So this whole massive time before they could even present something where they would get like a theoretical potential order, which is not even confirmed. Using generative AI, we were talking about how they could actually create digital prototypes from it, potentially 3D print or get even like a digital try-on for the people who were potentially looking to buy them. So if you could like take something which would take from idea to showing it to a potential buyer, which would normally take like 12 months or, or, or nine months, plus the manufacturing cost in Asia, and you can shrink that and digitally, you can even show multiple options in different ways before doing it. Your cost saving, your agility is, is enormous. So I think the key thing here is generative AI can make websites, text, code, images, video, anything, you know, adverts, whatever you want, you know, product photography, you can, you can deliver this much faster. So it's very, very powerful. And then we've got to go on to customer interaction because it's kind of a bit like your your sort of spectral view of the world, but again, slightly different facet. Yeah. So for improved customer interaction, if you think about it, customers, when they get in touch with your company, there's something that they couldn't solve. So they want to either know when is something arriving, you know, some details for that thing, or even help to use that thing, for example. And typically it can be quite frustrating if you the person you're dealing with when you're texting or emailing doesn't know all the details. But if you've got, for example, large language model, which has access to the shipping data, the manufacturing data and everything like this, it's able to answer in real time to somebody about when something is due, what might be happening. Plus also if they've got access to the manuals. I mean, let's look at manuals. Manuals are not the greatest experience in the world, right? This white piece of paper with like small black text written in like 15 languages. And you're trying to figure out what the thing is versus an AI, which had the instruction manual could be like, hey, you know, activate, scan this QR code. What do you want to do next? Take a photo of the thing. What, you know, what's the next step you want to happen? So onboarding of customers can become, become much nicer. You can offer that improved in customer interaction. There's other things you can do with generative AI, which it can understand voice. So it could turn the voice into text. So you could have systems where you could literally talk to an AI and it can then solve or consult for you or even customize, you know, what you're looking for, let's say a table or a particular legal service or anything like this. So you can offer a really differentiated customer experience using AI. And I think the key thing to think about here is like, it's not just a chatbot, it's a chatbot with a face, a voice, and potentially also all the, the knowledge you could potentially want. It's like the best employee you could potentially have, which would always consistently empathetically, um, you know, answer to your customer in a more Irish or Scottish accent or Geordie accent, whatever you want. Yeah, as a kind of human, human resources, I'm going to flip flip the last two ones to talk about. So one is um, the application of human resources. So I wrote uh, an article about this. It's about scaling up human resources, scaling up people, super empower, super power them, whatever you want to call it. And the point there is that automate the mundane, right? A lot of us, no matter what you do, but a lot of time doing things you'd rather not be doing, especially if you're paying, you know, highly qualified, motivated talent to do things where their job, the meaningful part of their job is probably 50% of their day. So what does that actually do is not only just scale up their output, but also make it more meaningful to them. And that means that they're going to enjoy working your business uh, more and they're probably going to stay for longer and it's going to reduce churn as well. And also you can attract uh, better talent. One of the big issues we're going to have in the coming years is a shortage of talent. So there's going to be a fight for that talent, especially talent understands how to use this technology. So if you're not using it, so you're not uh, making their day more meaningful for them, you're not going to be able to hire the talent. So that's actually really important is that 
embed AI into your business, it, the opportunity is, is to scale up your people, scale up your team, but also make them happier and make them more likely to stay with you for a much um, longer period of time. And as your business grows, what this means is, is that as the top line grows, your costs aren't growing with it. And in the middle there is margin, either profit or the ability to reduce prices and, and to become more competitive. 100%. I, I can say, like, I mean, the whole point here is that the AI can just like upskill your team, make them work faster and give you new insights that you couldn't have before. And the last one really, isn't it? I mean, talk about the strategic advantage. This is the big one really, is that if you sort of wrap that all together. As we said at the beginning, AI is really going to give you the power to do three things. You know, you're going to have insane speed that your, you know, all of your tasks can happen much faster, either done by a human or by agents directly. The other thing can give you like, you know, differentiated wow experiences that we talked about using generative AI for customer support, for onboarding, or for new, you know, customization options that didn't exist before living entirely through AI. And then the third area is, is to kind of like help you have immediate wins, which is like, you know, eliminate cost out of your operations by having tasks done much cheaper, much quicker, or even entirely automated. So that's the key thing. The companies that do those things are just going to be fitter, stronger, and faster than other companies that are not doing that. And then they're going to be able to like offer, you know, imagine they had one product. They could offer two customized versions of that very quickly. And then if customers you know, prefer this one and prefer that one, they would maybe go from like, you know, 50% conversion rate to maybe 65% conversion because 15% that wasn't buying seven and a half by option two and seven and a half by option three. So all these kind of compounding wins can kind of like really help a company go from, you know, and a stagnant position to a fitter, you know, growing position. And that's the key thing here. There is no magic button. It's about getting it into all of your people across your company and really powering it. Yeah. And then we're, we're going to come on to it after in, in, on the next of part of this after some updates and also part two is then so you've got the you've got the basis which is you know implement ai that's kind of available it's out there um use it learn how to use it optimize it augment your people augment your teams so they they go from you know zero ai you know to maybe level one or two where they start to use it and it begins to scale them up and the next stage then really is to then develop ai agents uh you imagine you've got yours i'll call says you've got your payroll essentially they've got your sort of ai agents and over time they begin to augment each other and then inevitably, some of the human requirements are going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. The question is, when is that going to happen? And we're going to talk about AI agents next. Now, let's move on to some Implement AI updates quickly. So if you enjoy the podcast, if you are listening to it, um, please rate us. If you're watching it, please subscribe to the channel and also leave a comment. We'd we'll love to hear what you've got to say. Um, we've got events. So we've mentioned it before. We've locked in the events on the 18th of October in Manchester the Manchester Growth Hub there and Tech North um, Advocates. And that's going to be in central Manchester on Princess Street on the 18th. We've also got another private event for enterprise clients with a, a partner of ours, SCC, on the 19th. That's an invite only. Now, look, you're off to Dublin. That's right, on the 29th of, um, of September. Excited, looking looking forward to like meeting about 70 business owners in Dublin. And that'll be really cool to talk about you know, how to implement AI in their businesses. And going back to augmenting human resources, so we are at Topping and tailing a white paper on AI agents, what that what that means, which we're going to come on to, and how you augment your your sort of um, workforce essentially. That's coming soon. So look out for that. And, and when we launch that, we're also going to be start doing some AI agent labs. So this is going to be going through almost the white paper and explaining it, but also then starting to show you some demos and MVPs about what this actually means. Like what do these new AI driven employees essentially, what do they look like and how do they work as well? And we also now begin to roll out and deliver AI training. So if you're interested in which 
I mean, no matter where you get this from, you need to make sure that your team understands what AI is, understand the basis of how it works, because that helps you to use it, and then knows the how to actually use it in terms of basics, things like prompting. Um, so we've got a whole range of training courses because like all aspects of implementing AI in your business. And also we've now got the AI Activate Sprint. So we've been working with several clients over the summer. This is a 60-day sprint, and it basically gives you the basics, introduction to AI, a 60-day sprint to create an MVP or just look at a workflow, a key workflow in your business where you have a huge amount of cost or friction and trying to automate it and reduce that cost or friction materially. Anything else you want to add, Alok? No, I agree with you. Like the whole point here is like with training for your team, if you think about the hourly rate of, of your different team members, you think about how long a task takes, that's exactly how much it costs you for that thing. So if you can shave off, you know, half an hour, one hour per task, and then have it done much quicker, you, you've got so many quantifiable savings. And you think if you've got, you know, 30, 40 employees, it starts to add up quite quickly. And I think the, the whole point with AI agents is like training is using general AI. AI agents is like customized and specialized AI, basically, right? So you want to have those two things within your business where your employees are using the general tools available to them in a very powerful way. And you've also got specialized AI, which works for you the way you want it to work and delivers those results. So I'm really looking forward to kind of um, delivering those as workshops. And, and that's the key. So, so moving on to the, the, the sort of um, second part is that that's absolutely the way to explain it is that your SaaS that you're buying, the, the AI that's available, yes, you can use it. Everyone's going to have it, you know, end of day. Everyone's going to be able, pretty good at using Google Duet or using Microsoft Copilot or ChatGPT or Bard or Claude Pro, whatever it might be. You translate. The whole thing. Everyone's going to have access to it. Everyone's got access to the same tools. How do you differentiate? And that's where developing your AI agents comes into it. It's developing ways of automating yeah. your business and delivering your running your business, empowering your employees, and delivering goods and services in the way that you want to, not in the way that some large tech companies told you you're going to have to. Uh, that's a big difference. And uh, we looked at some research from McKin, didn't we, where they're saying AI agents have the potential to automate up to 50% of work activities by 2060, which is quite a long way out from where I'm sitting, to be quite frank. But if you look at it from, and then again, if you, if you look at our AI organization, um, where I play for graph on the front of it, and it doesn't matter where you are as a human, wherever you are on an exponential curve, you think that the world's going to continue from that point in a linear fashion, and it isn't. Most of these forecasts are going to be horribly wrong, like they were, like they were for personal computers, like they were for mobile phones. Um, and even if it was 50% by 2060, you know, you're looking at the, the trajectory to get there means that there's going to be material change to business and margins in the, the not-too-near future as well. So what we're going to be talking about in part two, really, is, yes, here are the opportunities, fantastic, but how do you get from you know level zero AI in your business to level one or level two or whatever that might look like for you? And not the whole business. We're looking at workflow by workflow, department by department. In terms of training, which is really important, is person by person, aren't we? Yeah. And if you think about it, who do you want in your operation? Generalist or specialist? Right? So the same thing when it comes to workflows. You won't have specialist AIs, which will be like looking after and mastering those workflows and doing it in a great way. So yeah, looking forward to diving into that the next episode. So that's going to be um, part two of this podcast um, next week. AI agents, you know, what are they? How do you, how do you implement them in your business? Um, how do you begin to automate these um, workflows? So let's, we're going to finish on AI of the week. And you might have guessed this one. Again, you know, all the AIs out there are for consumer use or a bit of fun. The AI of the week is Claude to pro if you haven't used claw if you haven't even heard of it then go to anthropic's website and uh 
even try the free version. But once you've had a go of that, I think if you're trying to generate any kind of content at any kind of scale, you're going to want to sign up for um, Claude Pro, $20 a month. But if you can't generate that value in your business very, very quickly, then there's something wrong. So Claude Pro is the, the probably the best LLM for generating longer form content, understanding documents, providing context. But again, like anything else, you need to know how to use these things, how to prompt them, how to provide that context, and how to generate the output you actually want. So if we could help with that. And anything else? Uh, have you used anything else this week you thought of interest? It was just that note app I mentioned that had the GPT built into it, and it was quite nice because you could transcribe and then it could then create it into a calendar or create it into a list of different things like this. What was that called? Um, I can't remember, but like uh, I think the air of the week is is, is called. <laughs> I want to keep people's focus on one thing. <laughs> um, so again, so as always, we're going to leave it there. Sign up for AI Insider newsletter. Go to the website and sign up for that. Please do download our white papers. If you're listening to this, please provide a rating on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching this, then please do subscribe and leave a comment. You know, we absolutely will respond to them. And that's it for this week. We're going to be here again next week talking about the next part of these, this, this dual sort of podcast, which is about how do you actually then implement AI in your business using AI agents. So that's it this week from the AI Assisted Organization podcast with myself, Piers Linney and Dr. Alok Shukla, and we'll see you again next week. See you next week.